So uh, we've been doing this series, uh, God Is, and uh, today we're going to wrap up by uh, letting some of the staff kind of share their personal testimony about what God is to them. And uh, you heard from me the very first week, and I shared some things about God Is. Uh, you heard Dan along the way, and he did an excellent job uh, sharing with us about God Is. And today we'll give these guys a chance to see if they can live up to what Dan did. Um, no pressure, though. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I thought this verse uh, came to mind uh, as I was thinking about this morning says this in Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. If we were to rewrite that today, we'd say some trust in houses, some trust in their 401k, what's left of it, some trust in their family, some trust in their job. But I hope that we would say, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And I can tell you this morning, as you listen to uh, our staff share, that it's true in their lives. They have placed their trust not in anything else, but in the name of the Lord our God. And I think that will shine through as they uh, share with you this morning. So uh, Brad Zacharis is going to share first. Brad has been on our staff uh, since the very beginning here at Crosspoint. Uh, Brad uh, currently leads uh, a very dynamic and growing student ministry. And uh, you probably don't know this part about him. Maybe he also oversees on Sundays all of our guest services, which is all the stuff that happens in the courtyard and people who greet and welcome people to our campus. And so in addition to all he does in our student ministry, Brad also wears that hat. And he's just a great guy. I have come to thoroughly uh, love Brad, and it's been fabulous to watch as he has grown and matured uh, in his leadership role here at Crosspoint. So Brad, share with us about God is. Yeah, you, you can keep going for a minute. I mean... I was starting to feel good about myself. Hey, I thought it would be uh, appropriate for me to read this uh, first. It's in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 9. And this is uh, Paul um, being aware of, of God. And this is kind of how God responded to him. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly, about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then oh, I'm sorry. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That kind of sums up for you guys what I'm going to tell you. Um, over the last few years, basically since I have started at Crosspoint. I believe that my life has been a spiritual battle. Um, and maybe you guys are aware of kind of things like this, and maybe you've been through some of the things that I'm going to share with you real briefly. Um, you know, since, since we started at Crosspoint, we stepped out in faith and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this. This is what God wants us to do. I believe that Satan has been following us and been trying to destroy us. And this is really cool because in my weakness, I am strong. God will be enough. Regardless of what you go through in life, God is enough. For me, over the last few years, uh, we've been through some hard stuff. You know, and, and some of you guys maybe have been going through this. Maybe you've lost a home. Uh, maybe you had a rental home that stopped producing income, and started putting you in a deficit? Well, that's where I was. 
We've lost a house. And uh, I think that God put us through some financial struggles to show us that He's enough. Uh, in, in, in mine and my wife's life, we've had uh, several family members die over the last few years. And, and, and one, Abby's mother, that was very uh, hard for us. And this is very personal. So I'm, I'm putting it out there because I think that you need to understand that God is enough. And I think that God wants to communicate that to you this morning. Because in my life, and probably in a lot of yours, you've seen this. And maybe maybe you haven't yet. Maybe you feel like God isn't there. Maybe you feel like this. Let me, let me read something to you real quick. Because, you know... I can talk all I want, but I think that Scripture speaks for itself. So check this out. Uh, this is David in Psalms. It says, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. Or he's, he's tired. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord? How long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you when he is dead. Who, who praises you from the grave? I'm worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes are growing weak with sorrow. They fail because of my foes. Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're feeling weak. Maybe like me you've been through a lot. Maybe some things have beat you down. Maybe Satan is after you. It continues on to say, Away from me, all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayers. All my enemies will be ashamed and dismayed. They will turn back in sudden disgrace. God is enough. He is there. He will get you through. He has gotten me and my wife through a lot in those last few years as we've been part of Crosspoint and been able to share our faith with a lot of people. And, uh, and God is doing some amazing things amidst an attack. And I believe that He has prevailed, that He has heard my prayers, and that He is with me. Thanks, Brad. Um... Shelly is going to share next, Shelly Peters. Uh, Shelly and her husband Mark have been attending Crosspoint since uh, the very beginning. Uh, but when we started, Shelly wasn't part of our staff, and she began to do some volunteer things on a very part-time basis early on, helping us with small groups, and that has just uh, kind of grown all on the way. And um, um, about six, eight months ago, uh, Shelly came on our staff full-time, uh, to continue to lead our life groups as well as wear the additional hat of overseeing all of our ministries to the community. And uh, Shelly is just an incredible organizer. Um, I used to think I was organized until we hired Shelly. And now I feel very disorganized most of the time. She is just, she's an incredible leader and I am thrilled to have her as part of our staff and uh, anxious to hear what she's going to share this morning. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, that back room, I had to tell you, that was one of the first things I had to get my hands on. <laughs> you know, God is so many different things to me. 
But one of the things that he has proven to me over and over again is that God is an opportunity maker. My husband, Mark, he, over the last two years, has commuted an hour each way to work. Very demanding job on a golf course, which I know a lot of you guys are probably thinking, how demanding can that be? But he did something that he loved. And although, in spite of the lack of time we were able to spend with him as a family, you know, a lot of weekends, he would, wouldn't be here at church because he was working. It was a great job, and he really enjoyed it. Everything was going great until last November. A new corporate guy came into the picture and just started putting a lot of pressure and heat on Mark, and we weren't sure what that was all about. And so I began to pray to God, just asking him for protection and for wisdom and guidance for Mark. And actually, I kind of prayed that he would just get rid of this corporate guy. I don't know if that's a good prayer. You know, one of the things you need to understand about the way I communicate with God, usually there's so much noise in my head that I cannot hear him. But upon occasion, especially in real quiet moments, God will speak to me. Not something I can hear, but something, just a message, kind of like an instant message. It's undeniable, and it shakes you to your core. Well, one evening I was working late on my computer at home. Everybody else was sleeping, and God spoke to me. And he said, Shelly, Mark's going to lose his job. And, um, you know, you always help others. It's your turn to rely on your friends for a while. Of course, I didn't like that very well, and I'm like pleading and crying, God, you know, how can you let this happen to us? We do like to help others. And if we're struggling, how are we going to be able to help people like the, the way we want to? I never told Mark about my little conversation with God, but two days later, he came home unemployed. And I had a hard time with it for about a week. I just, one-sided conversation, you know, kind of like the parent listening to your child whine and complain. I, I picture that's what God was doing to me. I'm just whining, like, God, how can you do this? We have no income. I'm all for trusting you, but this is a pretty big deal. You're going to have to help me out with this. And slowly, the phone started ringing. Get a phone call. Hey, Shelly, you've always been there for us. And we just want to be there for you. We're praying for you. Anything you need. I'm thinking, you know, that's pretty nice. The phone rings again. Hey, Shelly, you and Mark have just always been there for us. If there's anything we can do, we just want to help. Literally within two to three days, phone call after phone call after phone call, cards with money in it, just emails, encouragement. I think a lot of times when you're someone who gives, you give and you give and you give, and without even realizing it, your internal tank starts to decrease. And mine was. I know that now. Mine was pretty much deplenished. And, you know, each phone call that I got, you know, I thought, wow, God, you're amazing. You're giving these people who I've reached out to, opportunities that you presented in front of me, a chance to... Feel the blessing of giving to someone else. And through them, you're giving me the opportunity to feel your love back to me, and you're filling my tank. And God has a real sense of humor, too. We had been, for the last two years, taking care of a foreclosed home right next to us. You know, it was a lot of work, a lot of mowing, weed eating, but it was something that we wanted to do. And through all this, my husband was a little frustrated, and he's like, you know what, Shelly, we are not mowing that lawn one more time. We're done. And I'm like, honey, you know, I I think we should continue to do it. And he's like, nope, we're done. The city can take care of it. And I kid you not, the very next morning, the doorbell rang, and I go to the door. It's a neighbor that I had never met. 
he has a huge tin of cookies and homemade brownies, and he said, my wife and I just wanted you to have this. We just have seen you sweating out there, and we just are so thankful that you've been taking care of that home. Does God know how to speak to my husband or what? You know, little brownies? So, but, so my cup keeps getting fuller and fuller, and then I got one more phone call. A family that we've been helping over the last couple of years who just, they're always behind the eight ball. Struggle after struggle after struggle. Not much to give. And they call. They say, Shelly, you've always been there when we've needed someone. You're that friend that we can always turn to. And I just wanted a way to help you. And I just didn't know. So last night I prayed to God for an opportunity to help you in some way. And you know what? Today, someone came to our house and gave us this abundance of food. Do you guys like steak? And of course, the tears at that point are just streaming down my face. Not because I needed steak, although it was really good, but because God gave her the opportunity to feel the blessing of giving, and God gave me the opportunity to feel Christ's love through her, and my cup was overflowing. Not only all of that, if that's not enough, but God gave my husband a job that he doesn't have to work weekends. He can come to Crosspoint and be more involved in a ministry. He's able to be a shepherd at Crosspoint, which he would not have been able to do with that other job. He gave me an amazing opportunity to be a part of such an amazing ministry here at Crosspoint where I have the opportunity to help even more people. God is an opportunity maker. In spite of any circumstance, especially right now, all the struggles and pains that we're feeling, God creates opportunity in all of it. Thanks, Shelley. Well, next I want you to hear from uh, Peg Swearingen, my wife. Uh, Peg on our staff oversees everything that has to do with uh, Kid Point, And obviously she has been here since the very beginning. And um, I think she's the best looking person on staff, personally. And just does a great job leading our uh, children's ministry and loves those kids. And I don't get to see her in action very often, but once in a while I'll catch a glimpse. And it always just fills my heart with joy uh, to watch what she's doing. So by video, uh, here's Peg sharing what God is to her. Well, when I was thinking of who is God, one of my thoughts went to when I taught fourth grade and we taught um, the kids that God is um, omnipotent, which is he's all-powerful, and he's omniscient, which he's all-knowing, and he's omnipresent, which he's, he's everywhere. He's here when we need him. And those are our three truths um, that we try to instill in the kids that are, are like a foundational thing that, that we all need to understand, that those are true. God is truth, and God is love, and God is great, and God is good. God is so many things. But one of the biggest things that he is to me is my heavenly father. And, and um, I know some haven't even had an earthly father here to, to parent them. Um, I had a good father, a, a great father, but God's my heavenly father. And while my father loved me and cared for me, and I know he would have died for me, God did die for me. You know, he came down on earth, God in flesh, and he died for me. He loves me that much. And I know my, my dad can call him any time, and he will, he'll drop anything and come to me because he loves me so much. And I know God our father in heaven, how much more he loves me. Um, and he cares for me. My father tried to protect us, always locked the doors at night before we went to bed. God, who's all-powerful, um, can really protect me and can provide for me. 
and my dad provided for me in many ways, uh, um, teaching me how to change tires, um, change the oil in a car, taught me how to save money, just different life lessons. And um, the longer, the longer I, I live, the longer I'm around here on Earth, um, the more I realize that that it's through God's word and the truth in them, because He's truth, and this is this is His word to me, His letter to me. Um, that that's how he disciples me and he's teaching me like my dad taught me. He's correcting me. He's forgiving me when I mess up. He's um, loving me through that. And um, life life has hard times in it, you know. Um, I had to change a tire once Christmas Eve when it was freezing out and, you know, in the snow and um, ice and it was awful. It was below, below zero at the time. And, you know, it was a hard time, but... My father had prepared me. I knew how to change a tire. I was mad at all the guys around me watching me at the gas station while I did it by myself, but I did it, you know. And God, through his word and through the promises and through who I find, what I find in, in God's word, um, daily he's preparing me for what lies ahead. My dad never knew that I would ever need to change a tire. He just suspected that I might. But God knows what's going to happen to me today and tomorrow and in 10 years. And um, it's through my daily time with him that he's mentoring me, per, uh, providing for me ahead of time. And so when those life bumps happen, and sometimes they're tragedies, sometimes it's betrayal, sometimes it's, um, you know, losing your dreams. You know, I've lost my dreams before and thought the world was crashing around me, and it was at the time. God showed me later that, that you know, that was material, that, that wasn't all that important. Um, times when loved ones' health, you know, with my son and so much we've been through him, watching him give his blood every week till he was pale um, so that he could survive a, a very serious surgery and watching him go, you know, watching them take him on the hospital bed to, to surgery and wondering, you know, what are they, is he going to survive it? You know, is he going to make it through it? And... Um, you know, watching them pump chemo in and, and just the different things that, um, that life brings us. And, you know, my sister said, Peg, you are so strong. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not strong. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a weak weakling here. You know, I'm a middle-born. I'm um, a peace lover. I'm not a go-getter. Um, but I realized that it was God in me that she was seeing. It wasn't me. And it's God that brings us through those times. And so that's, that's who God is for me. He's my divine mentor, my, um, my Heavenly Father. And He um, is transforming me into who He wants me to be. I should watch videos before we show them. So I know that I'm going to cry ahead of time. Hey, I want you to hear last uh, from uh, Joshua Metzger. Uh, Josh has uh, been on our staff since uh, September or October. I'm not sure which one. And uh, Josh uh, has uh, been uh, leading our our worship team. And uh, you see every week uh, the phenomenal uh, talents that God has uh, given him and how he is uh, using those from God. And uh, to be honest, I've never heard him speak, but I hear he also has some gifts in that. So, Josh, I'm anxious to hear what you're going to share. No pressure, though. Well, let's hope I have some gifts in that. Uh, The question was, what is God to us? And 
I think God is love. But to understand this, I think we first need to know what love is. See, Webster's Dictionary defines love in this way. Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. Sounds pretty good, huh? That uh, Webster's got it, in my opinion, completely wrong. Love is not a feeling or an emotion, because feelings can be taken away from you and emotions can fade. Love is not feelings or things or words. Love is a choice. It's an act of will. If I had to define it, I would say love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. That's how God loves us, unconditionally. Thinking about this, I, uh, I've been raised in the church my entire life. My father's a preacher, my mother's a worship minister, just like myself. Um, I've always known that God loved me, you know, but uh, I really didn't think much of it because he's God. He has to love everybody, right? You know, it's just kind of what he does. Um, I'd always trusted them, but I, I don't think I ever really loved God. So when I was in high school, I started to look deeper into why I trusted them. And by the time I got to college, I had done more reading and studying than a lot of people do in a, do in a lifetime. Uh, but something happened to me when I got to college. Uh, I started to get frustrated. Frustrated at looking for answers and frustrated that Life wasn't going according to my plan. It, uh, it was just weird. So at that point, I kind of stopped looking for God, which was very disappointing to me, actually. And when I stopped looking for God, I quickly found the embrace of shallow friends and everything that the college age tells you is important. And while it made me feel full, in the short term, the truth is that my entire life was just eroding out from beneath me. I was just kind of standing on this plateau with no support underneath of it. I just became more and more empty and angry, you know, with life and God in general, I guess. And then one morning my phone rang and uh, that plateau I was standing on absolutely disintegrated and fell from beneath my feet. My best friend died. Three weeks after his 23rd birthday, I found myself just stunned and empty. That day I made my way up to, to the church I was at to see my parents there. Uh, my mother and sister were there. They greeted me with hugs and affection, you know. But my father wasn't there. I, he was out at a meeting or something, and I really wanted to talk to him. And uh, so I made my way into the sanctuary and just sat down at the piano, but I found myself unable to play anything, unable to do the very thing that I loved, is play music, just sat there staring at the keys. I don't know how long it was I sat there before I saw my father. He came walking toward me quickly and purposefully, faster than I'd seen him walk in some time. And without saying a word, he held me up as I broke down in his arms. It was in that moment, completely broken and out of control, that the God I stopped looking for found me. His love finally became real to me. My pain and my suffering was not only in the forefront of my earthly father's mind, but it was on my heavenly father's mind. That's incredible. And friends, I want you to know that even if you don't think that you are on God's mind, know that you are. 
You were on God's mind when He created the world. You were on God's mind when He sent His Son. You were on God's mind when He entered into human form. You were on God's mind when Jesus took up the cross and sacrificed Himself for our sins. You were on God's mind when He conquered the grave. You were on God's mind when He ascended back up into heaven. And I want you to know that you are on God's mind right now. He's thinking about you because He loves you. Romans 5a tells us, God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He died for our sins because we can't do it on our own. That is an unconditional commitment to imperfect people. That's the love of God displayed on the cross. That is how God unconditionally is committed to us. God is greater and more awesome than uh, our understanding. No matter, you know, what we learn about God, what we think we know, He's always going to be more than we can comprehend. So I want to leave you with one of Paul's prayers. Paul says, May you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Because God is. God, thank You for who You are in our lives. Thank You for who You are in our world. Thank You for who You desire to be in our hearts if we will allow You. God, we thank You that You are God. And we trust You, God. Not anything else. Only You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.